Welcome to the Range Podcast. I'm Ricky Bruley and with me is Jake Hollywood Iverson. Join us at the Archery Range where we'll tell stories from the hunt, discuss technical bow shooting tactics and gear, and pick the brains of some of the most successful people to ever shoot a bow. Whether you're about to shoot that X for the win or send an arrow at a trophy buck, this podcast is for you. Range Podcast is brought to you by Vapor Trail Archery, makers of the best bowstrings money can buy, originators of limb-driven arrow rest technology, and innovators of stokerized stabilizer systems. Welcome to the range, everybody. I'm your host, Ricky Bruley, and I am sitting here with uh, a gentleman who we've known for a little while. He helped us, um, he took some fantastic photos for us, and it was uh, actually our last inside archery cover and um so yeah welcome to the welcome to the show this is kind of an impromptu uh episode we thought we'd do something fun and do it around a fire and just have a conversation so how you doing man good man yeah when you get 50 degrees in january uh i guess you take the opportunity to have a little bonfire chat it i know it's and it's wild too because when we planned this we wouldn't have known it'd be this warm either So I was completely prepared to be bundled up and suffering. Yeah, and that's great. Just like sitting in a deer stand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> Except not worried about the noise. Yeah, exactly. Tell us a little bit about you, yeah. right? Like, what do you do with your family? Um, and I know we maybe got a little bit into that, but talk about your archery origin story. Oh, sure, sure. Um, okay, so, yeah, my name is Paul. Uh, my name is Paul Vincent. I'm a photographer by trade. So um, I went to school for accounting and finance. And figured out that wasn't for me. Oh, so, see, I didn't know that. See, yeah. this is, I love this. Yeah, it's a little-known factoid. Um, but did that and then ended up uh, doing photography full-time in July of 11. So we're we're like 13 years into this endeavor. Yeah. Um, so I get to shoot, most of my stuff that I shoot is people on location. Um, so a lot of like tourism work, um, New York times, Polaris, Harley, you know, that type of, of work. So mm-hmm. working with people on the field, not as much studio stuff, although, um, we can do a few things like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's been a fun journey traveling and getting to meet people. That's kind of the, the fun part for me is you get to meet so many different people and go to so many different interesting places. I like to say I'm shooting interesting people or interesting places. Mm-hmm. Um, you just get cool access to different things. Yeah. Um, the other day, uh, we were at like some ice festival, and we were just like in the back. And it, nobody questions you when you have your camera and you're shooting. Then you, you, it's like, and CEOs are like, "What you want me to do? What? Okay, cool." You know, like yeah. everybody just listens to you when yeah. you have a camera. You could tell them just hop on one foot, and they would, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, it's fun building rapport with somebody, engaging with them, or figuring out like in this environment, like what's beautiful, like a, a mountain bike, you know, trail. Okay, how do you shoot this in a way that mm-hmm. kind of shows off the landscape? So yeah. definitely an outdoorsy person grew up doing like wilderness leadership camps in high school and college um i always love just being outside inside gets me a little bit like kooky so that's mm-hmm. why winter can be rough here um and then uh i'm from minnesota grew up in minneapolis still live here i've hunted pretty much all many minnesota right now um pretty much hunting minnesota hopefully we'll go out west um and then i have a wife and two kids a three and a five year old which keep me busy so it's that balance of finding time to hunt and also being a dad and Mm -hmm. also working and um yeah life is full and wonderful and has its challenges but i feel very fortunate to have the opportunities that i do have yeah yeah that's awesome 
yeah thanks man oh yeah the boat the archery origin story so um the first time i went and sat in a deer stand uh my father-in-law got me in hunting Mm -hmm. so he is an avid outdoorsman uh a lot of bird hunting a lot of pheasant ducks and deer Mm -hmm. um you know he was hunting when they're uh just recurves in their finger on the strings and once they had little leather holds like oh that's for sissies you know they didn't do that kind of stuff um so he's you know where i learn a lot of my stuff from but he has a little property uh about a half hour from us that i get to go and hunt so the first time i went out there it's just load all the boys up brother-in-law's sons alan you know father-in-law in the truck and head out to the farm and just sit and i'm like just sit okay <laughs> and then at about like you know five minutes to sunset somebody comes uh, or sorry five minutes um shooting light left father-in-law walks down the corn line but i don't know so i'm like i thought oh, this is a deer and i'm not like drawing back or anything mm-hmm. but I don't even know what it is, and I'm like, there's something out there. This, my heart is racing. You know, yeah. like I'm sitting in a stand, not doing anything, and then something starts moving, something starts happening, and my heart starts like racing. And uh, it was my father-in-law. It wasn't even a deer, but that feeling of being out there in an environment that you're, I mean, it's stock hunting, where yeah. you're just like, okay, I'm gonna surprise you basically mm-hmm. in your natural habitat, and try and in that moment sort of outwit you or be quiet enough just not screw it up enough where mm-hmm. you get an opportunity to harvest a deer yeah um so that was huh, what year would it be probably like 2018 yeah. or 19 um but i didn't really draw back on a deer until like 2018 or 19 yeah um and and once you do that it's just like it felt like it was game over mm-hmm. for me yeah. it, it just really hits my adrenaline and uh my outdoorsiness the the strategy the techie of your gear as well as the weather what's that doing where's your pressure at where's the yeah. wind going this whole fall i couldn't help but like once deer season was over i'd be like oh i can stop looking at the flags now <laughs> you know you're driving into work and yeah. you're like northwest wind okay that would be sitting here that'd be sitting there oh i love you're it going out to the stand you're like oh it's a little different out here it's a yeah. little different it's more north you know okay yeah. then that's gonna affect it because can't be blown into the corn can't be blown into the beans um so yeah, kind of like fully, fully got me, and then found some other buddies that are really into deer hunting as well, archery and and gun too. But uh, just that common connection, and then you yeah. start telling your different stories, texting them when you're sitting in a deer stand, texting my uncle who is on my mom's side, um, who we don't have a ton in common, but like deer hunting season rolls around, and we're like, you sitting? Yeah, yeah I'm sitting. Yeah, like see what are you seeing? Some common ground. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then you're texting trail cam photos to people and mm-hmm. waiting for the video to download so you can see it yeah stuff so that's yeah. cool we'll be right back hey everybody ricky Bruley here vapor trail we're really excited about some new features that we've just added to the gen integrate x limb driver aero ref previous model that we had had the micro adjust knob that stuck out and so it made it difficult to remove these one piece low pro quiver from Matthews. We've eliminated that knob and now it's an Allen key that you would use to make that adjustment. We thinned up the area here where the activation cord is as well. We really squeezed it in about a quarter of an inch. It's a little bit lower profile so now you don't have any issues with the low profile quiver. 
comes off nice and easy. You also have, of course, the added feature of the integrated mounting system, so you can mount the arrow rest right to the rail on the riser of the bow. Additional features include new markings that differentiate your locking screws from your windage and elevation screws. All VaporTrail arrow rests have a free-floating head, providing more forgiveness and greater downrange accuracy. No need for a bow press, simply tie the activation cord to the limb and say goodbye to interference with cam timing caused by cable-driven arrow rests. The new and improved GI-8X is available and ready to ship. Trust the originators of limb-driven technology and head over to our website at VaporTrailArchery.com or stop into your local archery pro shop to get yours today. How did your season go? Oh my gosh. I So I'll start it off with, uh, I'm in like kindergarten when it comes to hunting. I like, everything is new to me and it's exciting. I've been hunting for like five years, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, I'm like an adrenaline junkie. Yep. I just love like the adrenaline hits. So like skateboarding, snowboarding stuff growing up. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, sitting still in a deer stand, yeah. It, yeah. it gives it to me, you mm-hmm. know, it scratches that itch. So it was a, a long season. Um, lot of opportunities ended up closing it out so for if you're going to sit about 30 times that's about what i did this year because i have i have property that's 35 miles away from us uh my father-in-law has a little farm up there so that's good man that's a strong effort oh it's it's a family effort like my wife's (laughs) like i'm taking the kids i got it i'm like okay i'm gonna be home for bedtime you know like i can help do stories and all that stuff but it's like I was just addicted to it. Then you got the trail cameras and you're mm-hmm. looking at all that stuff. You got all the stuff that you see beforehand and then you're like, okay, I think this is rut. And so for all the 30 ish times I sat and it didn't go according to plan, how you draw it up the mm-hmm. last time it did. You yeah. Know? So, so that was a nice way to end this season. Mm-hmm. Last year I didn't harvest anything. I, I shot one above the long, below the spine and mm-hmm. he, he lived we saw him on camera oh, later really? so but then i didn't take anything all year so right. uh, okay so then this year we did have success which was a really nice way to end it <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah. definitely yeah. yeah i didn't get out too much i think i got out maybe three times so 30 days opposed to my three yeah yeah know. well but. i'm in that phase where it, you're just trying to learn so much mm-hmm. every time you go out it's like so i've been hunting for like this was my fifth season um all archery with my father-in-law mostly on his land and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, every time you're sitting in the sand and you see a deer and you're like oh my gosh like, mm-hmm. I think so, this is so yeah cool. you know and then you you see one and you get a chance to draw on one and you don't shoot and then you actually take a shot and you're like oh i didn't see that branch or limb or whatever it is yep. in the way and, mm-hmm. i mean every single step along the way you're just learning so much so just seat time has been mm-hmm. super important for me yeah you know no it's awesome yeah yeah, that's cool. Yeah, this year was a little, just my focus was kind of in a different area, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and I want to get out west. I want to start doing that again, you know what I mean? And so, like, the last couple of years, I haven't drawn any tags. And so that's where my focus has kind of mm-hmm. been. And then, so I've got some spots that I can um, that I can deer hunt uh, here in Minnesota, but they're, they just, they're not real good, you know, to the yeah. point where it's like, when I do go out, it's it's simply just because I got a little bit of time to get away and I'm just going to go sit. Like, I don't mm-hmm. have any expectations. I'm just, you know, testing gear and, you know, yeah. trying out. I've got a saddle. I started doing some saddle hunting and I, uh, a couple years back. And so, again, just like, okay, I just at least got to get out a couple times to, yeah. you know, um, keep in the rhythm with it. Because every, every year, the first 
the first time I climb up in the tree, it's kind of like, oh, wait, how do I do this again? You know what yeah, I mean? So, um, so it is strange for me because I I used to do a lot of the metro hunts, so I would hunt quite a mm-hmm. bit. Uh, but it just got to be, it got, got to be a lot with our three-year-old. And, and so I was like, told my wife, I was like, well, would it be easier if I just took like a week long trip out West? And she was like, yes. I'm like, Mm -hmm. all right, done. That's what I'm going to do. But I haven't Mm -hmm. drawn. So, (laughs) yeah. So I've been going out to the boundary waters and fishing and doing stuff like that just to, you know, just to still get away. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool that you got out so much. And then especially with you being an adult onset hunter too, and, um, you know, it's just really cool that you're getting out and you're, you know, you're getting at it and you're doing with a bow. I just, I love that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, maybe you do some gun hunting too, and I, I'll only shame you a little for that. But. No, I, I've never, <laughs> I've never gun hunted for a deer. I mean, we'll do pheasants. So really it's like my father-in-law, I don't know how long it took him to get through college, but he was just hunting. He, you know, up in Nodak, just birds, 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 and deer. I mean, they grew up hunting all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have land you know, family land scattered throughout the state. And it's like these beautiful properties. And then he bought a few, uh, probably 15 years ago, this farm that's 35 miles from us. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, I came into the family, didn't have anything wrong with hunting. I just didn't have access to it. Right. Didn't do it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and started hunting, just go something social, well, social to do. You drive out there, then you go talk about your stories when you come come back to the car, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And that's his he, but he likes bird hunting, like go do pheasants because you're just walking and talking the whole yep. time. So mm-hmm. he'll get me out walking and talking, doing bird hunting. But I'm like, I don't have a deer yet. I can go sit in the stand, you know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, that's been my intro there, and and uh, so this year I got two, last year nothing, and then I had three the previous three years. So mm-hmm. that was like, okay, like we're we're getting somewhere with mm-hmm. it. But the bow thing is uh, you're just so intimate. Like, you're just mm-hmm. so close, and it's such a – I mean, this year I'm sitting 15 yards from a buck, and he's behind bush. And I first year, no bucks. Second year, no bucks. Third year, you see some bucks. This year I saw, like, six bucks. And I know what ones are out there because you have the cameras now. It's yeah. like – come like september my social media is my trail cameras yeah it's like i don't even care about any any other thing like news source i'm just like wake up in the morning like oh yeah look at this guy he's out here doing this and Mm -hmm. and like but that'll help you too because you can see you know i used to think that rut was like the 6th of november at our property Mm -hmm. and now this year i'm like i had bucks on does like the 13th yeah and so i'm like what is going on this year? And mm-hmm. the activity, I think this year throughout the state, Minnesota was a lot different, yeah. at least that, that I've experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, I know like some population things with last year's winter and more wolves and bears, etc. Yeah. But even around our property, we just didn't hear like on that gun week, we just mm-hmm. didn't hear the activity that we usually would. Yeah. And it didn't seem like we had people taking stuff. Um, so it seemed like it pushed a little bit later, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, this year was really rad, really fun, a lot of fun, different opportunities, learning way more about like where to sit, how to sit. We're like a big horseshoe woods with uh road and, and egg field in the middle. Mm-hmm. So you don't have like that deep back where you're just like, leave it, leave the back. Don't go in the back, you right. know, yeah. leave that bedroom. And then you, you try and poach your trails going, your travelers from there. Mm-hmm. But so we're, you know, I'm trying now to figure out, okay, here's some food sources. We had the farmer leave up. Like, how do we get into these zones? 
spending way too much time on YouTube, like <laughs> geeking out on, okay, like, oh, access and food and mornings and evenings and which stand is which. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like a fire hose. And then to, to go with it, uh, like the end of October, I'm shooting my bow and it just like blows up in my hand. So the the uh, limb on the top where the axle goes through, the back of that had cracked. Oh. Basically where the axle goes through, too old, just cracked. And I'm drawn back and I release and it just, oof. <laughs> the energy just goes like everywhere. On it. So I'm like, I've been trying to like be good and hold off and like yeah. be with this bow. And now I'm a week before and now I have to like figure out, I mean, you do, you have your bows that you like, but mm-hmm. you're like, I've been trying not to actually kind of look because yeah. I didn't want to spend mm-hmm. $2,000 on whole setup. Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, it's still fun. I, I, I got a new bow, shot that, got it all zeroed in, went out that first night and I had just a little spike buck and a little doe. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be a good season. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'll let those pass. You know, like I'll mm-hmm. let, I'll let the doe pass and, and we got some more stuff coming down the line, but then it's just from there, from that end of October, all the way till December 18th was the day that I got my, my doe and a buck that night. So, oh, cool. um, so that was my last sit. We had a little warm up that came through Minnesota. I mean, a lot of states did, mm-hmm. but um, it was cool in the mornings. Went out in the afternoon. I did. I sat in a different spot. I've done the saddle thing, mm-hmm. so I really just hung a set and then got up and had a plat like a, a hangable platform um, with a seat on it, but mm-hmm. used it like a saddle stand. And then I was like, okay, here's what's gonna happen. <laughs> you do this every time, right? Oh yeah. Like, oh, okay. yeah. This is my game plan. Mm-hmm. They're gonna come out warm up on the south side of the slope. Then they're going to go down and hit those beans because mm-hmm. we had the farmer leave a couple of rows of beans. Yeah. We went down and hit those beans. And then I'm not sitting in the stand that's over there because they know it's over there. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna hang this set over here. And they're going to come across the field, and then I'm going to be in business. It's yeah. going to be great. Yeah. You know, and that's how every hunting evening or morning yeah. starts. You know, like yeah. you've got it dialed. So no joke, I hang my set, and it's a new stand, so I like, break that stick off and throw it away so you got like <laughs> your lane and stuff and uh and then sure enough like 20 minutes later oh there they are 200 yards away i got time okay I'll take my gloves off like they're gonna go down hit those beans i go down hit those beans like okay that's great nice good there's four there's a mature doe a medium doe and then two like little yearlings i'm like oh, this is great getting stuff all set up and she doesn't follow the bean line around she just comes like straight across the field comes in the woods i'm like okay okay which way are you going you going that way you going that way mm-hmm. okay coming this way perfect boom you're like 20 yard shot like that's great awesome <laughs> perfect okay <laughs> wow that just happened like yeah. i thought it would and then uh you know i keep my eyes on her and then the other does come in and they're like what happened what happened here mm-hmm. Where, where's she at yeah so they're looking for her and then i'm like oh there's another deer there's another doe oh that's that that's the four point that I've been seeing. Mm. I mean, yeah. I'm in kindergarten, man. So like a four point <laughs> for me, I, it doesn't matter like how many spikes it has. I'm just like, I've never even drawn on a buck. So yeah. I'm like, and it's December 18th. So yeah. I'm like, okay, let's go, man. So he just, and he was on her trail. She, she had her glands, all like scented up and stuff. Yeah. And we got to her. So where she got shot, he just came right into her, mm-hmm. but I don't have an arrow. Oh, so i don't have my like quiver on the bow yeah i've got it on the tree it's around the tree so those other three deer they go find her then they swoop back across and the buck looks at them so i'm like great reach around the tree pop one out knock it and i'm like all right let's go yeah so then draw back 
he's behind some bushes and then he decides he's gonna go hook up with those does and he turns and kind of does that like quartering away like going out of my shooting lane yeah. window mm-hmm. i was like well it's now or never yeah and so it's just like boom so shoot that and then my father-in-law like loves the social aspect of it so mm. i'm like alan what are you doing he's like yeah oh you know getting ready for dinner like oh you got a second? You want to come out to the farm? He's like, oh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes out. My brother-in-law comes out. And a buddy of mine comes out. Because I didn't know where I shot. The first deer I ever shot, no idea what happened until, like, I'm listening for it crashing through the woods. I just yeah. pull back and I shoot. Yeah. And then now fast forward to this one. I'm like, okay, I know I pulled back. I know I got my peep on. I know I had my sights on. I know that I was on body. And then from there, I blacked out. So every time, <laughs> every time I, like, get a little bit further down the line of, like, control. But it's just, you know, every little thing. I'm pulling back on this thing at 15, 20 yards. I'm like, dang, I'm going to spook it with my string just drawing yeah. back. Like, it's so quiet right now. <laughs> and so instead of your traditional just, like, pull back, I'm, like, mm-hmm. trying to be super quiet about it and super slow and mm whatever but so i don't know how my shots are but you know we start tracking them like well she's there and he's there and we go this way and she's 50 yards off where i saw where i lost sight of her and Mm -hmm. then we go start looking for him and like i can't quite find him can't quite find him and then he's like 100 yards off so they're both like really close in we quarter him out there and then so the fun part for me i think this is what does it with deers from deer hunting for me is it's like the 360 so i get to go out there do the social thing chat engage but then it's a solo activity but then there's always some story afterwards Mm -hmm. right yeah and so now we're processing these deer so um we actually processed them in the basement both of them so Mm -hmm. um that's like a fun thing for me and and then we got them tested for cbd both of them um because i'm like i don't want to feed my family stuff that yeah shouldn't get them yeah Yeah, right Mm -hmm. um we got them tested, but we processed them all in the basement. So it's now like we have New Year's. We do like a surf and turf thing. Like my father-in-law has always done. Well, actually, it was my my grandfather-in-law's on that side. They would do lobster for New Year's. Mm-hmm. So now it's like we've got deer. My buddy got a muley in uh, Montana. So we had some muley backstrap, whitetail backstrap, um, and just a couple different cuts and stuff. So I cut... I grilled all that stuff up and you know it's like that's the family experience Mm. like that's bringing it all the way around of you know providing for your family doing this thing it's it's, you're taking time away from the family but then they also get to share in it Mm -hmm. because you're bringing you know actually i don't know how many pounds of meat you'll get off of them um but we've got a half a freezer full right so we've got a lot of meat for the year Mm -hmm. um venison we ground it up we got old uh bacon ends applewood smoked bacon ends and so mix that in yeah so it's it's now like we get to experience it as a family throughout the mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. um and you learn so much more when you cut it up and, yep. and it's a lot of work but you're like oh this sirloin that's where that is and that's where this is and that's how you cut this and you just learn so much more about the animal in general mm-hmm. so that's kind of the f- fun part for me so that was like my hunting years as unplanned as possible <laughs> And then some amazing like interactions in the middle where we have a beautiful ten point out there, and it's it's very tall um, rack like comes and wraps around like nice halo and then mm-hmm. just super tall. Yeah. And I'm like, man, if I could just see that, thing, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. And one night he just comes out. My wind is blowing over him. He's down a ridge, ridge, and my wind's blowing over him. Not very much, but yeah. I'm like, 
you shouldn't be there. Right. You know, <laughs> and there's these does that come through and I'm like, oh, those does, like, did I spook them? Why are they moving like that? Like, mm-hmm. what, are they, what are they doing? I bet they smelled me. So they cru- cruise through. Then this 10 point comes through and he's 60 yards from me down a ridge. No shot. I'm yeah. Like, oh, he's just going to chill. And then he like beds down, takes a nap for 25 minutes. Yeah. So I got binos on him. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Yeah, you know, right. like to see this thing that close, no mm-hmm. shot. So I'm not even like nervous, yeah. you know, I'm just yeah. kind of like, okay, okay. Maybe he's going to come up, hit these beans behind me after mm-hmm. he gets up from his nap, you know, and the canopy of like leaves on the floor. I can't like, no way I can sneak up. I'm like, yeah, may I get down there. And like, no, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, sort yeah. of thing. So, those interactions you get to see uh, yeah it's it's weird how it just totally sucks me in and Mm -hmm. and from the gear to the strategy of you know beforehand to that interaction where they're 10 yards away from you and you're like oh my gosh like i used a a decoy this year and it stopped them but it stopped them in the wrong spot behind a bush and like Mm -hmm. okay like (laughs) you know like he didn't come in and hit it but it's like he stopped right here. I'm like, oh, well, my decoy's got to be over here. So he, like, comes in a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. But I'm, like, watching the snot drip off his nose. Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, come on. And that's actually the one that I ended up shooting later mm-hmm. in the year. Um, would I have loved a bigger deer? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? But, like, my uncle bow hunts on my mom's on the other side. He's like, you shoot a little one, you never see a big one. I'm like, I don't shoot anything. I'm not ever going to shoot anything. You know, like, I just got to learn. It's reps right now. So it's, for me... Drawing on a deer, seeing a deer, knowing the mistakes that you make. First year I started doing calls. I'm like grunting. I'm and I can see him kind of coming around and I'm like, oh, where'd he go? Where'd he go? Mm-hmm. And I go, Rank. oh, you're downwind of me. You're right there. You yeah. know? So yeah. you're like, okay, it's just like making mistakes, learning, growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been like the fun part of it. And the social part too, just other bow hunters. They're like, oh, you bow hunt. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's kind of a closer community or maybe not a closer community but if you find somebody that does do that it's yeah. like very interesting you have a very common point to talk about even if you have nothing else that's similar in your life mm-hmm. so, you know it's just like there aren't a ton of bow hunters out there that actually like get into the 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 pain and agony of you right. know having to be so close to a deer so many chances but really everything has to line up and mm-hmm. and it, it's it's a luxury at the end of the day to have that time to kind of spend and learn and 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 just be in nature but it's i mean if you want to fill your freezer you use a gun yeah i mean I, yep. that's what i sort of mm-hmm. learned this year it's like i mean i could have killed a deer so many times with a gun mm-hmm. but for me that isn't as interesting yeah so yeah i mean absolutely I, you know i did a ton of rifle hunting with my dad and it was you know back then we had um it was one weekend you got four days and that yeah. was it you know it was like so for um, I didn't actually start bow hunting until I was 18. So from 12 to 18, I gun hunted and the only opportunities I had was four days a year. So yeah. it was like the night before, you know, you can't sleep and I'm just all jacked and I'm like super excited to get out and, and hunt. And, um, y- you know, and every, uh, every deer that I had killed with a gun up to that point, you know, it, it gets your, it gets you going, it gets mm-hmm. you hyped up and, you know, you we always processed our own deer, you know, we never brought them in. And I think it was more or less just cause it was like, Oh man, hundred bucks. That's yeah. somebody process a deer. It's like, well, I'll just do it myself. And we had no idea what we're doing. We're just, whatever, just following the, you know, the connective tissue and just cutting mm-hmm. and doing that kind of stuff. And we would, we would, uh, 
you know, we would still bring a lot of it in and have sticks made and stuff yeah. like that too. But, um, yeah, like with bow hunting, it's, it's a, t- it's a totally different thing and good for you for lacing some deer and getting them, getting, getting that under your belt because I, and I don't know why people have this and I did the same thing is for some reason I thought, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm, I'm waiting for a big buck with my bow. That's what I'm going to do. And I mm-hmm. can't tell you how many deer does and everything that I had passed on with my bow because I was waiting for the big buck to come out. And then the big buck came out and I just lost it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I right. have no idea. I don't even know if I aimed. Yeah. I have no idea what happened. It just, none of it, it, nothing panned out. And then I went, you know, how many more, uh, you know, days after that without even ever seeing any deer. So it's one of those things too, where, um, you know, I'm not going to say that your uncle is wrong, right? but at the same time, and it depends on where you are, but, um, you know, I, I pass on a lot of smaller bucks now, like in some metro areas and stuff like that too, because there's other hunters out there who haven't had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so one, I'm kind of hoping that maybe they'll get that opportunity and I'm never going to shame anybody for, you know, if you, if it's right for you, you do it, you pull mm-hmm. the trigger, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, there's never any of that. And, um, and like I said, just, you know, uh, good for you being proud of what you did. And, and again, you, the full circle, right. You got yeah. meat on the table and you got a nice buck that's out there that I'm guessing you made it through the year and you'll probably yeah. maybe get a shot at him yeah. next year too. But, um, you know, there's just that whole thing too. You might get to the end of the year and then all of a sudden you're like, well, I didn't get anything you know, Mm -hmm. and not necessarily a bad thing, you know, that doesn't have to be the ultimate goal, you know, just the time spent and, and, you know, reflecting and, and clearing your mind. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's where some of my greatest ideas have come from just sitting in a tree, you know, yeah, or, you know, just out on a hike or out in the wilderness or, you know, the Boundary Waters is an amazing place for me to, um, you know, reflect on things and, and do all of that. But, uh, yeah, I just awesome, and it, it's been really cool, like watching how excited you are, mm. like about I mean, this whole thing. I get thing. like even worked just, up, <laughs> just, even just talking, you know. Yeah, even just talking about it, it's just it's awesome. I love yeah. it, and that's that's one of the reasons why I thought you'd be great to have on because I just remember when we, um, when we went out to is that the sa- where we yeah. took the photos? That's the yeah. same ground. Mm-hmm. So like when we went out there, and you know, I just remember your enthusiasm, and um, you know, I I've got a shot of you up in the tree, like hanging out behind me, like taking photos, you know, and you just got a big smile on your face, and it was it was a blast, you know, cruising in the wheeler, and mm-hmm. um, and you know, I I look back at all those photos pretty fondly when you came into the shop and and did all that stuff too. So um, you know, and just really cool that because because then. You're five years in now. Then you were probably only maybe two. I think you yeah. only had one season under your belt maybe at that point. Yeah. And so it's really fun to see, you know, your progression in all of that and um, that you've got someone to help you do it too because that's, that's the most difficult part, I think, is, you know, you know, I grew up in it, and so I was just, you know, it was just there, right. you know. And, and for you and, and for a lot of people that want to get into it, I think they just don't because they don't really know where to start. And YouTube's a great resource, but still mm-hmm. it, it can't replace um, actually having somebody there that can yeah. go out there with you and you guys right. can have those talks and, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So. Which in a way, like the, the pro shop and the, and the range that you guys have here is kind of an opportunity for that too. I don't yeah. Know, just thinking about that, like if people don't, you can't absorb as much on YouTube or in a book or whatever as you can just watching somebody do something mm-hmm. or somebody watching you do something. Yeah. Kind of more that mentor mentality. So I hope that I hope that if people want to get into it that 
you know, the archery stuff or the range stuff becomes more popular. I'm even watching in here and they're, um, like your 3D stuff, like they're live targets, right? Yeah. Like that's the part that you kind of miss or that I'm noticing missing when you go just shoot at the range, like Carver Park's by me the, uh, on the west side. Mm-hmm. And they've got a cool like walkthrough range wh- where you're shooting different distances and heights and through little pockets and stuff, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But when a deer's coming through your shooting lane is like, well, you're you're either shooting or you're not. You're making that decision like this. You may have a ton of time, or maybe you're drawing back and shoot, letting it fly in five seconds or less, you mm-hmm. know? So you're not just, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's just like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if he's going to move or stay or, you know, get behind that tree. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, hunting's hard, and I – and there's – so, again, it, it, like you were – when you were comparing it to gun hunting, too, I think there's just a certain amount of reverence that comes with it uh, that it, it just gets you hyped up. Like, I – um, that that mule deer buck up there mm-hmm. on the wall, the, um, the bigger one that's looking at us. Yeah. Um, that one was that's one of my favorite hunts because that tell me about it. I shot him <laughs> at forty five yards, and I mean, you know, again, up up to that point, um, you know, I I hadn't had a lot of big deer out in front of me. Like I was I was long sh- I was taking long shots. You know, mm-hmm. I was sixty yards. Um, you know, plus where, where a lot of my deer had been killed Mm -hmm. up to that point, at least mule deer. And so when I was that close to him and, uh, and then just even thinking in my head going, man, like, all right, my skill set has gotten better, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was just one of those deals where, you know, we were out there and it was like the second day, I think. And it was out in South Dakota, uh, South Dakota with my buddy, Travis. And, um, I spotted him and I, you know, when I first started mule deer hunting, I would have got, I would have sat there and gone, okay, let me try to work out a plan, pull out the map, looking at the map. Okay. Mm-hmm. If I get over here, if I do this, if I do that, if I do, and I'm like, I go, Travis, I'm going. And he was like, all right, I'll sit up here and, and, and watch, you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of, we, tr- you try to work out signals, but it never works. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. It, 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 so I just, I was just like, I'm going. And I've just learned that it's just like, I mean, this deer's, you know, half a mile away. I got plenty of space in between me and it. I'm just going to get closer. I'm not mm-hmm. going to screw around with, wow. like, trying to plan it out anymore. I'm just going to get there because I used to hesitate. And then and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, geez, he moved. Oh, geez, now he's, now he's over here. Oh, geez, now he's over there. So it's like, boom, I'm going to get to the next ridge, and then I'm going to find him. And then it's like, okay, yeah, he did move. Okay, that's fine. Now I go mm-hmm. this way. So it's just like getting getting in there and, and moving and, and looking. Okay, he's still there. All right, he's with this other little buck. They're down in this draw. Okay, get a little bit closer. You know, okay, now I'm about 200 yards out. <clears throat> you know, oh, they're still down in there. So I figure, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get up on this flat and you know, there's a couple of like big sage bushes right there. I'm just gonna get the the big sage bush in between me and mm-hmm. them. And I'm just going to get up behind that bush and I'm just going to wait them out, you know, because I can see there's a trail and I'm banking on them coming up that trail. Um, and so the smaller buck comes out and he comes across and I'm like, and all of a sudden then I can see the antlers coming up oh. out of the draw and I'm like, all right, this is it, you know. And I thought they were on the same trail. So I ranged the smaller buck mm-hmm. and um, I ranged him at, I think it was like 50 two or 53 something like that so i dialed my sight in and i and i get ready 
and and I can see his antlers. I can't see his eyeballs yet, so I'm like perfect time to draw. So I draw, and I'm just waiting for him to come around this bush, and and again like so from me to the building right there, mm -hmm. and he just looks like a a giant. Oh, yeah. He's just a, just you know all rotted up in his neck, and he's just you know. And I'm like I'm like oh, getting shaky, and then um, so he stops. Uh, you know, leg, you know, oh, facing exposed. me forward. Yeah. So I'm just like, all right, perfect. And I send it and he was actually closer. Mm -hmm. And so he was like 35 yards. Oh, wow. And I just, the size of them, the size difference, I just thought, you know, I don't know. Right. It was just, you know, it was really quick. I figured for sure they were on the same. So he was like 35. So when I pulled the trigger, I actually spined him. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it dropped him immediately. Yeah. And then he was like trying to get away, right. you know. So immediately knocked another arrow and mm -hmm. I just, I just walked right up on him 10 yards right. away and then shot him again. And that arrow, um, I mean, I wasn't trying to shoot it mm -hmm. in the heart, but that's where I got it. You know, I was just, again, just trying to put it where it needed to right. be and yeah. it, he was done. Um, but just that was like one of the craziest, mm -hmm. like super cool experiences because he was so close and it all you happened like 2500 feet on that guy like isn't that crazy and it was and it took me it took me 40 minutes mm -hmm. from where i was to shooting him and him being dead it was 40 minutes and i was like this is crazy like i couldn't you know uh just unbelievable you know and so and travis is sitting there watching it right travis yep yep, yep. So, so i'm down in the bottom in this flat and um and he's like up on this ridge right so then he uh basically just went all the way down um uh to where the vehicle was parked and i was uh i just told him i said at the end at the end of the day i was like just um we'll just meet at the truck you know because we're gonna we're probably gonna get split up and so he didn't actually see the whole thing go down okay. because i got in to where he couldn't really see me very well and then i and then i think he just he just decided okay well i'm gonna i'm just gonna go over here and hunt you know so he you know because i told him i said you don't have to watch me i'm like if you want to if you see a deer go get it you mm -hmm. know go after it and so he kind of moved off and and um and i uh didn't i wasn't really too sure what to do the um uh, shoot, I can't remember. There's a landowner nearby that had given us permission to access. We had to go through just like a corner of his property. Mm -hmm. um, and we had met him the previous year and bought him a case of beer and stuff. So we could, you know, in case we had to act, go through his property or whatever. And, but we hadn't said anything to him that year. And um, he actually drove out. I can't, I think it was, yeah, it was, the, it was that night after I had, after it, cause I was like taking selfies and stuff. And then all of a sudden this four wheeler come pulling up side by side and the guys like asking me questions and stuff and i had the bow with me and everything and i didn't i actually didn't have to use his property i went around the corner of his property mm -hmm. to get to the deer just because i yeah, i didn't want to risk it so he was kind of asking some questions and i was like yeah i met you last year um because i knew his name uh his last name's jensen now mm -hmm. i can't remember his first name but and i was like yeah we brought you you know a case of beer last year and stuff and he's like oh yeah i remember you okay okay great you know and I, here i'm thinking man He's got the four-wheeler out here. We can just load this bad boy up. Yeah. He can get out to the road, take it to the truck. And he's just like, um, he was like, yeah, no, it's great. You, If you're, as long as you're bow hunting, I'm, I'm cool with you, you know. So it's all good. He was like, if you want to pack your deer across my land to get to the road, all for it. Mm -hmm. Have a good day. Gets in, <laughs> takes off. I'm See like, 
really? And it's, yeah. you know, two miles to the road. So, <clears throat> and it was getting dark and I didn't really know where Travis was. So I took a chance um, and I actually posed him, you know, I kind of got him posed up, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and kind of propped his oh, head up. Oh, for predators? <clears throat> so they're not. Well, no, I, I posed him for, oh, for photos. Photo. Yeah, okay, okay. And, you know, because I figure, you know, rigor mortis is going to set in mm-hmm. and everything like that. So I was like, okay, I'm I'm like, I don't, it's it's getting dark. I wasn't sure, like, my phone, it was really cold, so my phone froze. And I yeah. didn't, I was like, I'm not sure about the navigation in here and how to get out and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just like, so I kind of posed him up. And I'm like, I would just start walking towards the road. And I was just trying to, I would like, was looking at the stars. And I'm like, mm-hmm. pretty sure the road's over there. I'm just going to follow that. And so I followed it out, got to the road. I was walking up the road, and there was a, a gal that pulled over in her truck, and she had her kids in there, and she had groceries. There was just like the whole truck was piled with groceries. And she was like, do you need a ride? And I'm like, sure, why not? She's like moving grocery bags over so I can get in the truck. And then so she drove me up the road to Travis where he was okay. at the truck. I'm like, yeah, I, I, got a, I got my base mule deer buck down out there, and He's just like, what? Really? No way. He, he's like, I thought you like gave up. I, you know, he's like, I didn't know because he's like, I didn't get a message from you. I didn't get anything. And we had really bad service. And like I said, my phone was just being janky because it was cold. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, because this is a while ago. This was 2013, I think. Or mm. t- yeah, yeah. So it was 10 years ago now. Wow, that's crazy. I can't believe it's been that long. It goes quick. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a pretty cool deal. And then. Um, the next day we got on a bigger buck and he shot it. And so we doubled up. And, um, what's really funny about that too, is I was kind of driving like this crappy, um, uh, I can't even remember what it was a Nissan, uh, something. It was pretty beat up and mm-hmm. not worthy of driving out there. And he was driving a Prius. <laughs> Perfect. And, and so I was like, I'm like, what if we, I was like, what if we double up? We're, I mean, I'm like, do you really want to strap two mule deer to your Prius, to the yeah. top of your Prius? And he's like, yeah, that's a good point. So we rented a Dodge Ram, and we drove oh, that nice. out there. So we had the truck, and we had two deer in there, and it mm-hmm. was it was rad. So, But I think that's the interesting part about <clears throat> the deer experience is you can do it in a stand. You can do it out west. There's so many different places to do it, so many different experiences to have. But it doesn't really even matter if you get something or not. You always come away with some stories. It's it's hard. Yeah. There's challenge. There's struggle. There's, and and hopefully at the end there's victory. But that's cool to me that you you go out there and I think I've gotten into or tried to get into surfing over the years, and they say you ride a wave like three percent of the time, and mm. that kind of feels maybe even less with yeah. archery, like that you're yeah. actually shooting an animal. Mm-hmm. But like the predictability of something or the unpredictability of something as well as like the potential outcome of like this amazing victory mm-hmm. have to do with how addictive something can be, you know, like yep. you just that drive to do something where at any moment it could happen. You can't predict it. Mm-hmm. And when it does happen, it will be like glorious. Yeah. Right. This is that drive that makes you want to go do something, want to try. And for me that this fall is like, okay, I'm going to go sit 30 times. Yeah. I'm not going to see something. Mm-hmm. A bunch of those times right and it's just gonna drive me a little bit more crazy to get out there and go because <laughs> you know of course you're gonna see on the camera that night that something came right through there yeah or, oh, God, if i could only get in there how would i get in there you know you're trying to fix solve the problem mm-hmm. which is fun yeah 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 all that strategy behind it and um i i haven't had too many um, um places or opportunities where i can do that because again i've mostly what i've done is metro hunts and it's just like 
you're sitting where you're sitting, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter which way the wind's coming or where the, who's, you know, it's just, we're there to, uh, reduce the deer population. Mm-hmm. And if a nice buck comes out, great, you know? And so, um, and my, you know, my two biggest, uh, whitetails have come from Metro hunts and it's, I, it's interesting what you were saying about the rut, right. And how I always had that kind of miscon I wouldn't say misconception, so to speak, but, uh, you know, just always thinking that the rut was, was always around like the rifle hunting season. Yeah. You know, I just, I just assume that that's the way that it went. And when is it Ricky? Come there's, on, tell there's me. so many factors, you know what I mean? There's so many factors, but I've, my two bucks I've killed, um, my biggest white tails, November 17th, November 19th. Okay. Um, and my theory on that is, is they're in that trolling phase. So mm-hmm. they're, they're desperation mode. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They like they, mistakes. they're looking for every last doe they can find to breed. Um, and the hard part about that is, is both the bucks, um, both of those bucks that I killed, I called them in, um, and which is not easy, typically not easy to do in Minnesota with the buck to doe ratio being so far out of whack, you know, Mm -hmm. and and it just, it depends, right? There's certain pockets or maybe large private chunks of ground where the buck to doe ratio is, um, a little, little more under control. Uh, but yeah, I... Um, so meaning more does per buck. It's just there aren't as many bucks density, so you, to call one in isn't doesn't work as well. Yeah, because they're just... They, there's no competition. Mm-hmm. It's like, why why do I care about this buck over here yeah. when I've got 10 does over here that I can tend to? You know what I mean? That sort of thing. And so... <clears throat> um, and there's... You know, when I was growing up in northwest Minnesota, it was... I mean, man, everything everything was gone. I mean, if a deer was coming out within rifle range of a deer hunter, it was dead, you know what I mean? Or at least, you know, there was a shot at it, you know? And so it's the, the, you know, the Brown, if it's Brown, it's down kind of mentality. Uh, and again, you know, no shaming in that area, but it's just, there's also the, there's also the, the thinking that, um, there's just, there's something just more manly about killing a buck. Mm -hmm. I don't kill does you know, that kind of thing too. So it's just like, so all the bucks are getting killed and there's like a ton of does, mm-hmm. you know, cause nobody wants, cause the, again, there's that thought, well, the does are the ones that, you know, breed and yeah, there's something to that, but there's still a balance. You still want to have like some mm-hmm. balance there with that too. So, um, yeah, so the bucks don't get very big. There's not a lot of big bucks coming out, coming out of some of those areas up where I grew up, but, um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of where I've seen the calling thing being difficult, you mm-hmm. know, when, with that, uh, with the buck to doe ratio kind of being out of whack. But with your Metro hunts, you called them in. Yeah. 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 The, the, uh, my, my biggest buck, uh, actually he, he came into a call. Um, but I waited, uh, he was kind of out in the open about 80 yards out and I had no idea he was as big as he, as he was either. I just, you know, I was like, okay, I'm no chance. Am I letting him walk by, you know, and just kind of waited because they, they, and you probably experienced this, like you said, when there was that buck that you called and then all of a sudden he's downwindy and he's looking at you. I mean, they can pinpoint that call right to the tree that you're sitting in. You know what I mean? So like, I don't want to, you know, if I'm, if I call and he's out in the wide open 80 yards out and he looks and he doesn't see a buck over there, but he's got like all these does in front of him, he's probably not going to really respond. He's just kind of like, well, I don't see another buck over there. So I'm just going to you know, stick with my does over here, Mm -hmm. but he got up behind some brush. And so then I, Mm. you know, then I called and then, okay, so now he doesn't know what's going on. He does, he can't see where the call is coming from. So he's got to investigate and get Mm. closer. And so he zigzagged his way right into 19 yards. Oh, wow. 
um and i and i shot him and i got had a bad shot on him and that's a whole nother that's a whole nother story that um i've told in a few a few different podcasts Mm -hmm. but um you know ended up getting them and so that was really cool and then the other one it was two years so that was 2017 20 2019 uh yeah it was it was november 17th and he uh it was the last day of the hunt i had seen a much larger buck there's a there was a bigger uh buck running around in the area that a few of us had seen and um i'm not the best at judging i'm not the best at scoring um but there was a couple people that said he was probably pushing 190 200 he had a big drop tying on the left side um and i saw him actually twice in that last weekend hunt Mm -hmm. but i didn't i didn't end up getting a shot at him and so this other buck was coming in and he got you know he kind of came by and he got down he was about 100 yards out and i just threw out a snort wheeze and he turned and started zigzagging his way, and he literally came right to the base of my tree. I was, you know, standing here like this, and he's right there. It's incredible. Like, just looking around. And then he kind of skirts around out here <clears throat> 15 yards, and he was just standing there. And that's my, um, that's not my strong side, so I had to kind of slowly get myself spun around, and I was able to get spun around and then shot him. And he just boing, boing, two, two hops, and then he just stood there. And I could see blood dripping, you mm-hmm. know, but I'm like, well, grab another arrow, knock it, draw back. May as well, you yeah. know, why not? He's going to give me it, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna hit him again. So I hit him again, and then he took off and <clears throat> ran right through this guy's front yard. <laughs> oh, jeez. And very nice groomed yard, yeah. you know what I mean? His older gentleman, he's like in his, he was in his 90s, but he's, we call, his name, he was a doctor, so we called him Doc. And he gets super excited when we, when we get deer oh, off cool. his property. But um, so this, you know, you can just see the hoof prints going across his yard, and you can just see the blood, you know, just everywhere. And this buck gets into the woods, and he falls over and dies. Well, when we got over there, like maybe I don't know, it was like maybe an hour later, he had he had fallen, and his head, his antlers got tangled up in some vines, so his head was up. Oh, and so weird. we thought he was still alive. Yeah. So we're just sitting there, just waiting, like, yeah, okay, he's, is he gonna? What's what's going? binoculars like looking we're about you know 40 yards on the edge of the woods just waiting to see what he's going to do and nothing so finally i kind of did a big circle and i came around behind and he i was like he never swung his head around so i'm mm-hmm. like oh he's got to be dead and so yeah he was he was he was done but um and i can show he th- i've got that one he's a year old mountain he's right up above my desk back in the in the lab but um yeah just really really cool to have those experiences where you're like where I've tried calling and it just never seems to work. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, you just get bummed out about here. Just like, I don't know, am I scaring them away with my calls or what's going on? Am I not doing anything, doing something right? And then when it kind of comes together, it's really cool. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're saying for next year, there's always next year, right? Yes. You're, you're going for like the, the more week long out West experience. It, yeah. I get what you say or what your wife's saying. Like, if you give me a defined timeline, I can buy into that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's like, imagine if you're running a race and you just don't know how long you're running. Mm-hmm. So every time you get around the corner, you're like, oh, I got to keep going over there. Yeah. Like, that's what my season was. You yeah. know, but if you're, here's your week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it's just as, as my daughter gets older, you know, hopefully she'll get more involved too. And then I'll be, mm-hmm. I'll start taking her out. But, um, yeah, it's just, it was, 
like I said, I was, I was coordinating those Metro hunts. So I was doing, uh, two weekends in October, two weekends in November mm-hmm. and it's every other weekend. Mm-hmm. So, and then, um, when my daughter, the year my daughter was born and then the second, her second year, um, is when I w- did, was still doing those Metro hunts. Mm-hmm. And it also landed on the weekends when, um, my wife's son would be with us. Oh, so yeah. it was like four weekends in a row in, in throughout October, November, mm-hmm. and she was solo with both the kids. That's a lot. And it's a, you know, we start, the hunt starts on a Thursday. You, you know, we go out, set up on a Thursday, and then we hunt all day Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And as a coordinator, you're the first one out there, and you're the last one to leave. Mm-hmm. So not getting home till you know, 8, 9 o'clock sometimes. If someone shot a deer, we were out there tracking. I mean, there'd be sometimes where we, you, you don't get home till 1, 2 in the morning. Right. So it's literally just two ships passing in the night, you know, for all that time. And she was she was really good about it, but mm-hmm. I could tell she was getting burned out. And, That's I, a and I was just like, hey, you know, what do you – you know, what do you think? I feel like, you know, again, with that, with that defined amount of mm-hmm. time. And, and for me now, I'm kind of that point too, where like I can settle for, um, you know, I can settle for a week out in the wilderness and not necessarily have to be hunting, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> and so, uh, but yeah, th- so this year, I guess it would be, um, I could draw a bear tag. If I do that again, I'll go up into the boundary waters, uh, and do that <clears throat> for probably a week. Uh, but if I draw my North Dakota mule deer tag, then I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good. So well, that's, that's something you should try. You should, if you've never been out West, yeah. man, you should, uh, that's next. I mean, I have some buddies that are, are wanting to get out there and, and I am totally into that. Um, as you were saying, your daughter getting into it, it just reminded me, I got Macklin's my five-year-old and he came and sat with me twice this year, which was pretty fun. Oh, that's Once rad. up in the stand and once in a ground blind. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I always told him, you know, when I get one, you'll come help me find it. Because last year he helped me look for the one we didn't find. Mm-hmm. We put two miles in on this lake shore. We just looking up and down and up and down. And mm-hmm. Never found it. <laughs> so this year he's like, okay, I'll come look with you. So we find it. But I don't. I shoot these two, but I, I didn't think I hit them well. So I thought it was going to be a hard uh, stock. Mm-hmm. And so we we find them right away, and we just start gutting them and cutting them up and bring it home. And, and my wife's like, Macklin's pretty upset. And I'm like, mm. oh, dang. Yeah, no, no I, I understand. I thought we'd be out here till like, midnight. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. So I had just the buck head, and we brought back, and we got back. And I was like, Mac, the guys are going to go out to to the local bar, and we're going to have root beer and pizza. Would you come out? We're just going to tell some stories. Yeah. Come with us. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but where's that buck? <laughs> so, like, and, you know, the backside of a buck head is not, like, pretty yeah and he like so i'm kind of hiding it from him and he just grabs the the four points of an antler Mm -hmm. two antlers the little guy and he's just like loving it he's like what's back here you know checking it out and so i think you know it's that like learning young you know he has such more more an advantage than than what i do right but that's kind of a cool cool experience you know wrapping it full circle with the family Mm -hmm. and the food and you know the process and the whole not just shooting an animal people that don't hunt and they're like oh you, you bow hunt i'm like yeah that deer has an unfair advantage on me <laughs> it was like yeah. everything has to go right yeah and it gets so i mean i had one that was 10 yards away it came through right at last light and it's just like comes right through and i meep, drop boop shoot shot a vine right in front of it mm-hmm. like because it's just so quick you yeah. know he can be right there and you yeah. just got nothing so it's uh it's an unfair advantage for the animal i mean we do have equipment but 
It doesn't work out all the time. No, I mean I've had the I've had the um, arrow fly right over their back because I used my thirty yard pin instead of my twenty. You know, um, you know, just just silly stuff like that. Yeah. Or you know, when I was when I started to uh, switch over to um, you know primarily using a single pin, like yeah. forget to move your tell sight. Tell me about tell or, me about that. Do you like that? I mean, I feel like a lot of people love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do, I do, and again, it's just one of those things you have to get used to. But that's what's awesome about these three D shoots too, right. because you, you know, it's like in between every shot, you're, you know, you're guessing the yardage and then you're moving your sight. Mm-hmm. So it really helps you get in the habit of doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, and and the thing that I kind of learned to do too is, because you can do like a multi pin slider, so yep. then your bottom pin is like a floating pin, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of nice too. But at the same time. Um, I guess the way that I've kind of figured it out and, and I, you know, I don't know, maybe some people would argue this with me or whatever, but this is just based on my experience is I've figured out, I, I like set my bows up and I figured out where I can have my, um, I basically set it so that my 20 yard pin is just all like maxed mm-hmm. to the top. Mm-hmm. Right. So like if I'm in a situation where I, where I need to quickly dial up, you know, I can just without looking right to the top Mm -hmm. and then I know where that's at. And then I, when I practice, I figure out like how, how, where, how many inches of drop am I getting at 30 and 40 yards? Mm -hmm. Because then typically my 20 and 30, um, I don't think there's a bow that I've had where my 20 and 30, uh, I don't even have to move my pin. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. My arrow drops a little bit, but you know, considering that your vitals areas right. is this big, um, I've never had an issue with that. You know, when I spine that one buck, I just completely misjudged the yardage. Right. I mean, I ranged that deer, that buck, but he was, you know, way, f- you know, 15 yards behind. Um, and so I completely misjudged that. But so I've got that figured out. And then it seems like, you know, if they're 40 or more yards away, I think y- you have a greater chance of being able to get away with some of that movement. movement. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I've had some people argue that. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to have. That's more. I gotta move. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I. You know, if I, and if I have to go forty, I can move my pin and shoot high. Mm-hmm. You know, and I practice that. Right. So I don't dial my sight to thirty and dial my sight to forty. I practice with yep. my pin at twenty, and then I just adjust accordingly. Yeah. Um, and figure out like, okay, do, does my pin have to be closer to the spine? Cause I shoot at an actual like 3d deer target mm-hmm. in my backyard. And so I try to figure those things out so that in a pinch, you know, when right. something's happening quickly, I want to make sure that, you know, and especially in the whitetail woods, you know, most people, you know, you probably range the trees and then yep. you kind of know, okay, if they're out at that distance, that's probably roughly where they are. Um, and that can kind of help you. So you're not having to fiddle around with your range yeah. finder and all that right. kind of stuff. So, and then for longer range, you know what I mean? It's nice to not have to, you're just focusing on that one pin mm-hmm. and you don't have any other pins kind of just like mm-hmm. getting in the way or kind of yeah. mud, mudding up your sight picture. That simplicity actually is is the curiosity point for me because this year, like you said, you're in the woods, you mark your trees when you sit down. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened this year. It's like he came, she came in and I'm like, okay, you're 15 and I, I don't have time to sight you. Mm-hmm. It's just like pull up and shoot but this year i pull up and shoot and i know that my pins are on but she's walking through my lane and it's like pins are on i shot you know Mm -hmm. and it's luckily so close it doesn't really have that much of an impact on it yeah but it's just so quick so just having one pin of like okay not pins are on pin is on yeah you know there boom Mm -hmm. shoot and with with most of my my setups you know um they're pretty flat shooting 
uh, I don't get crazy with heavy weight arrows. I, I'm, I don't buy into any of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree weight plays a role, but you know, kinetic energy, there's a formula and that includes both speed and weight. So mm -hmm. once you start getting too heavy with your arrow, now you're losing speed. Right. So there's a happy medium there. And so, you know, most of the bows um, that I've had in the last, you know, probably 10 years, they fly pretty flat. So even if I try to use a multi-pin, my 20 and 30 are stacked so tight oh, that sure, it's hard yeah. to even really decipher, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, and so that's when I started going to the single pin. And um, I tried to go back to a multi-pin, and then I, I ditched that idea pretty quick. Yeah. Right back. Yeah. I was shooting. You you helped me out on that Martin Bengal, mm -hmm. early 2000s Bengal. Yeah. That thing had a rainbow. Yep. It was just, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So there was there was a decent yep. distance between my pins. Yeah. So then you got better gaps in your pins, of course. But yeah, mm -hmm. now they're just so fl so flat shooting. What bow did you end up getting when yours blew up? I did the uh, Matthews Phase Four, nice. so the 33 inch. Um, what I didn't really realize is you're researching stuff, and they're like, "Oh, these bows are great." And now the new ones come out, and they're like, "Oh yeah, basically the strings that come with all of these old ones are." okay but yeah. not great you know mm -hmm. i mean to use throwaway is maybe over exaggerating but not that far off so i'm like oh, okay well great so oh vapor trail has this sweet you just happened to know on. yeah so even though i up. thought that that was funny because i was like i saw your order come in and i go i was like oh yeah he took advantage of the 40 percent off deal i'm like that's pretty cool but um you know we probably have given you that deal anyway oh <laughs> no no but it's it's uh it's great so yeah and i'm i'm pumped to get those on um but yeah, the, the Matthews. So go in and I put like 60 arrows through it the first day I get it. And then I go out and sit and see those two. And then I shoot a little bit more. And that's, you know, end of October, early November. But then you sit in a stand for so stinking long. Mm -hmm. I hadn't shot it until uh, the like the end of November. And then my brother-in-law comes home. We go out to the farm. And I'm shooting. And I'm just like, oh, man. You know, I'm... I'm upgrading like 20 years of technology, so yeah. I'm not splitting hairs between deal. stuff. So I'm I'm not the best person to go with uh, as far as the technical differences between this and that. But it just shot so so nice. Yeah. It felt so good in the hand. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> you know, most things would compared to what I had. But, For sure. But yeah, it was a fun experience. It's a fun bow to shoot. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm sure I could fall in love with other things too. But yeah, yeah that thing was there and ready. And I shot a few different ones and that just felt good. I, I shot the Elite. Um, Omnia? Uh, no. Or the, the, uh, the... The Carbon one. Oh my gosh, why am I drawing a blank? I should know this. Mm -hmm. But that was very nice. Um, now you got me on Omnia. But I shot that. Um, at the store and that was very nice I did really really like that but that was at a box store and uh, I was like you know what I'd, I'd rather buy from the shop that I keep going into and, and bugging them and learning things from so right. I bought it from Cabin Peter down there yeah um, no that's good though they're good dudes down there era yeah the era the era is very nice not much hand shock even for being carbon mm -hmm. um, pretty quiet yeah I really like that one too but yeah, yeah. I w you wouldn't have to, you know, that bow lasts you a long time, right. you know, yeah. if you're if you're not worried about, I, I've gotten to the point now too where, um, you know, I, I do a new bow every year and now I'm just like, time is so limited that when I, when yeah. my bow is like dialed in, I don't want <laughs> to mess with it, I don't yeah. want to touch it anymore, yeah. like I used to swap out strings, you know, four or five times a year and now mm -hmm. I'm just like trying to carry them, you know, four years 
you mm-hmm. know. As, You're like, you this know. is tuned. I got it. Yeah, it's like, it's good to go. I just want to leave it where it's at. But, um, yeah, and I just, so I'm going to be shooting a, a new bow this year, the Prime RVX 36, and I'm pretty excited about that. I had the PSE Mach 34 that I shot last year. Absolutely mm. love the bow uh, and, and still love the bow. Just... Um, I needed to do some work on my truck and I needed some cash flow. So, um, so sold it, fixed my truck. Um, and I, I, I've only got like three arrows through it so far. Mm -hmm. I've had it for like two months. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I've had, uh, you know, I've had our new arrow rest on it. Um, it fits on these new prime bows and um, I do have to get rest. So I've got the, the one that comes with, you know, you you can figure out what probably, yeah, probably an MX, it's the quad. It's probably the MX1 QAD. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was it was funny because I, you know, I'm just. It's a week before a rut. Like I'm just yeah. like, oh let's, yeah, let's line it up. Let's you go. You do what you got to do. I get it. But yeah. then I'm talking to the guy and he's like, like, well, what about my? Because I wanted to put because I had the 7X from before oh, from yep. my Martin Bengal. Yep. But now they have that angled like diverter. Yeah. And and so, so it doesn't fit. So it doesn't yep. fit. Mm-hmm. So we were trying to figure out a way to do it and. uh and the guy's like, well, it, you want this QAD anyways. You know, and I'm like, well, why? And he, he flicks it, and the, the arm for it you know, makes a noise or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm just, like, in the flow. I'm just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. And then, like, after I leave, I'm like, he was flicking it up. Like, yeah. it, it, it flaps down, you know, mm-hmm. and it's all rubberized. And now, you know, the QAD, like, the arms on it, they wrap them in moleskin. They tape yeah. them. Now the new one, they actually have little rubber bumpers on yeah, them. Yeah, the MX2, yeah. Yeah. But the old ones, they're, they're wrapping them in moleskin. The moleskin's mm-hmm. falling off. Yeah. And then it l- snaps and locks up. So if you want to get out of the tree, mm-hmm. you know, you got to click it down, which yeah. is a noise. And you can kind of <laughs> sneak it through, but you don't like mm-hmm. to do that. I was like, ah, this is my vapor trail. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll definitely get you set up um, set up there, too. And we're, yeah, so that new rest, um, we've it's been so, it's been extremely popular. And we haven't, we've had a hard time keeping them on the shelves. And you know, and then we ran into some, uh, you know, machining, not, not machining issues, but basically just the, there was like a, a breakdown in communication with mm-hmm. our machinist mm-hmm. and there were some things that happened and now all of a sudden we're like, okay, now we have to go find a new machinist right. and that doesn't, you know, that stuff doesn't happen overnight. You know, they right. got to spec parts, we got to do R and D, we got to do prototypes, we got to right. make sure everything's good. And so that takes some time. And, um, so we had some back orders, but we just started getting those filled this week, which is thank thank God for that. But mm-hmm. I would, I would put a rest on my bow and then I would shoot it. And then it was like, and then I'd have somebody that would be like, um, Oh, I, you know, and I'd get like maybe a couple shots through right. Just mm-hmm. to, just to tune the bow. But then I'd have, we'd have like a writer or somebody that wants to test it or review it or something like that, you know? And so then I'm just like, well, okay, I'll give you the one off my bow. So yeah. I did that like three times yeah. Yeah. <laughs> until finally, um, now I've got one on there that'll stay mm-hmm. on there. Um, and yeah, I'm just looking forward to, to shooting it. I was hoping to have it all tuned up today so we could, yeah. um, shoot. We'll, a little we'll bit, reschedule that. We'll get that for sure. Yeah. We got a fire going here, mm-hmm. but I, I legit do miss it. I mean, it's all rubberized and then the, even from like the timing with the drop and stuff, it's like, if you're cable drive, you've got to figure that out. If you're out, like Matthews has that, the, the state of field system and it's like, well, I don't, I, I would have to then figure out how to retime my rest into that new cable if mm-hmm. i do that out in the out in the field mm-hmm. it's like oh or you could just tie a shoestring to your limb yeah and you're like you go <laughs> right 
Yep. And you can get it. It's all rubberized <laughs> with the cage, but it's got a little like escape hatch in the corner, and so you can get it out of there if you need to yep. for like taking it out. It's just I don't. Know. I'm excited to get one of those back on, but overall, really fun boat to shoot. Yeah. And definitely. flat, flat and fast. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, Rory's got one, um, and I've shot it a few times, mm-hmm. and I yeah, I really liked it. I was. I, it's hard to find a bow that I that you don't like. You right. Know, they're just right. they're all so good. Um, you know, and and we we're partial to prime here because that's what we sh- what we sell in the pro shop. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, then also you know I really wanted to. Um, I I have a a friend that uh, reps for PSE, and yeah. I had shot. It was two years ago. I had shot his eighty pound bow and. Um, and I didn't even think I, I didn't, I can't draw most 80 pound bows. Mm-hmm. And he was like, um, well here, try it, you know, and yeah. so the total archery challenge. And so I, I was actually able to draw it back and then shoot and it was really smooth. And I was like, I was like, you're pulling my chain. That thing is not 80 pounds. And he of course had a scale right there, yeah, right. scaled it out. And I was like, wow. So that cam system that they have is so efficient that, um, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to switch over to that and try that um, EC2 cam with the Mach 34, and it was it was a smooth draw. So now that I've got the Prime, it is a little harder draw, um, so something I have to get used to. I'll probably drop the poundage down a little bit and then mm-hmm. just work it, you know, work it back up. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, they're all so nice, man. I don't, you know, it's hard to find a bow, a, a newer bow these days that doesn't yeah. feel good in yeah. your hand when you shoot it. Right. Especially if you're going from what, like a <laughs> early 2000s Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was great. It was a hand-me-down. I loved it. You helped yeah. me like tune it in. Yeah. I was like, at that point, I was like, ah, maybe I'll just get a new one. And then like, no, Ricky helped me tune it up. We got new strings on it. We just got yeah. it dialed in a little bit more. And I, I kind of like that challenge of it too. It's like, mm. I'm not taking mountain shots where I'm taking a 70 yard, like yeah. crazy. I'm, I'm 15 to 30 yards. That's my sweet yep. spot. So mm-hmm. I was like, I can do this. Yeah. And then it was just like, no, you can't. Cause I'm broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, it decided okay. it was not going to be uh, right. um hunting deer anymore. That's, yeah. That's, that's kind of scary. I've actually, I've never had a bow um, completely explode on me before. Um, the energy just went fired some and, all over. It just went yeah. like up, down, everywhere. Even like the the knot came out of the arrow because I don't know why it came out of the shaft and then it like pinked back and the the knock or the you know was behind me and the arrow was flopped ten feet in front of me and then all the string was just sort of like sitting there. Yeah, all the limbs were you know like limp and loose. Yeah. And I was like what just happened? <laughs> Luckily, crazy. nothing really like got hurt. That's cool. Speaking of children, here, there's my little one. Oh, Come here, hey. baby. Come on. Come here. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wrap it up. Yep, um, that's great, man. Perfect. But uh, thank you so much for being here, and we should do oh, this again. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. we, can, we can go out. Um, if you want, we can shoot for a little bit if you want to shoot for a little no, bit. No, you or, do it with your family. We'll, we'll um, hit it another day. Yeah. That'll be great. But, um, well, sh- she's going to pack up and head out. The little one's yeah. going to kick it with us. Say hi. There's the camera. Um, but yeah, so thanks again awesome. for being here. Um, if anybody wants to find you, where can they, what, uh, social media, where can they find oh, you? Oh yeah. So it's, uh, Paul Vincent underscores on either side. So underscore Paul Vincent underscore, um, mm-hmm. or Paul dash Vincent.com. So that's all my commercial work on there. So, so definitely go check him out. Um, super talented, great guy. Uh, I'll definitely going to take care of you if there's anything you need for your photo needs and, um, you can find us at the Range Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, make sure you head over to the Vapor Trail YouTube channel 
and give us a like, uh, subscribe, and hit that bell so you can be up to date on all things archery. And if you are listening, be sure to give us uh, five stars on either Spotify or iTunes. And with that, we are going to pack up our bows and arrows, and we are hitting the range. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks, man. That was really great. That was fun. (laughs) Glad we had the fire. Yeah, it's so awesome. Vapor Trail is now offering an exclusive discount to the Range Podcast listeners. Enter promo code TRP15, that's TRP15, at checkout for 15% off VTX bowstrings and Vapor Trail and Stokerize branded t-shirts, hats, and other gear.